Welcome to another episode of Lawyers for Immigrants with your host, Ife He, president of the law office of Ife He, where they are dedicated to helping immigrants and new Americans. In every episode, Ife interviews attorneys across different practice areas and asks them how they are helping immigrants. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and at www.ifeheedlaw.com. Now here's the host of Lawyers for Immigrants, Ife He. Hello, thank you for attending my podcast. Uh, every episode we, we interview different lawyers across the practice spectrum who don't include immigration lawyers. And today my guest is Daniel Levitt of the law offices of Joseph Romano. He is a workers' compensation and personal injury attorney who's dedicated to helping immigrants. Daniel and I actually attended Stuyvesant High School together um, decades ago, so it was so good to catch up, Daniel, to, to see you again as a lawyer. I appreciate you, Yeah, it's uh, great to follow you on, on uh, LinkedIn as well to see how much you've done as well. Right, right. No, I appreciate you appearing on this podcast, and you know, this podcast is for my audience, uh, generally immigrants. So um, thank you again, and please tell us more about the area of law that you specialize in. Yeah, absolutely. So just for the about a year and a half ago, I was able to join the law offices of Joseph Romano, where it is a workers' compensation law firm on the claimant side. So we help uh, injured employees as well as employees uh, suffering from occupational diseases with uh, their workers' compensation claims. I see. So uh, what is the difference between what you do, workers' compensation, and personal injury? Sure. So in uh, New York, you are not allowed to sue your employer. There are some exceptions um, for construction workers or in the construction field. But for, in general, uh, a retail worker or even a city employee, such as a correctional officer, they are not allowed to sue their employer. So that's where they have to go through the workers' compensation board, where they are still granted hearings and they have the same rights as other plaintiffs in a personal injury case. However, it is more of an administrative law procedure. And unfortunately, they cannot, there's no insurance policy involved as if it would be a motor vehicle accident or even a, a personal injury on a, prop, on a premises case, such as a slip and fall. However, it is all based on their salary and the extent of their injuries. To the chagrin of all my clients, pain and suffering is not taken into consideration in workers' compensation. I see, I see. So for workers' compensation, basically, the calculation of damages is how much they made, and that's they've come up with a formula based on that, right? And um... Yes, exactly how you say it. It's a very formulaic process. The issue that workers' comp has gone through is that it is essentially geared to limit the exposure of employers uh, to injuries by their employees. Or that's where law firms like ours come into focus, where we get to help out the claimants uh, to try to get as much compensation for medical treatment as they possibly can. I see. So 
What would a firm like yours make a difference when someone's pursuing a workers' compensation claim? Uh, because it's formulaic, right? So shouldn't they, they just prove like their pay stubs and how much they made and get compensation for a work-related injury? That is correct. You do not need an attorney in order to go through with a workers' compensation claim. And there are some instances where even the employers file the paperwork uh, if there's an employee injured uh, at work. However, where we come into play is when there are controverted claims, where an accident has occurred, but a claimant could have gotten hurt, didn't feel the injury, didn't, excuse me, not that he didn't feel the injury, but the claimant uh, probably didn't know to the extent of their injury. And there's a timeline where you must notify the, your employer within 30 days. And you have two years after the injury to file the claim itself. And there are multiple defenses that employers use in order to block any such workers' compensation benefits, including uh, notification, timeliness of filings, as well as if an accident occurred itself within the scope of employment. That's where our law firm will help these claimants when the employers and the insurance carriers are, use every trick in the book to deny these benefits. Okay. Why would they want to deny these benefits? Because it seems straightforward. You get injured at work. So why would they want to, you know, it's not like there's insurance companies involved. It's a purely administrative regime where the state pays the money, right? So why would they want to deny these benefits? Well, unfortunately, there are insurance carriers involved. There are insurance carriers who are specializing in workers' compensation insurance. So they are more than willing to deny a claim, even if, even from the outside looking in, it, it is a straightforward claim. Like I said, there are a million defenses that they like to throw out, some as trivial as notifying the employee, others that you cannot believe, such as did this accident occur in the scope of employment? Or if there's even a proper relationship of employee to employer. I see. So actually, the, the people who's paying these claims are not the state. Then. It's the insurance companies for the employers that's paying these claims. Is that right? Yes, there's, we do represent claimants who work for private and public entities. So there are we deal with against the city law department that handles city uh, employees. There's a New York State insurance fund that assists that is the insurance carrier for state employees, and there still are multiple private entities and private insurance carriers uh, that work with, that uh, represent private employers as well. I see. But then ultimately the decision of how much money to award is determined through an administrative regime such as the Workers' Compensation Board. That That's right? correct. There's a Workers' Compensation Law Judge. They hear all the trials uh, to prove a case or to prove damages. There is no jury. The decision lies with the law judge. The appeal process goes to a workers' compensation board panel, which are three independent administrative law judges who review the case. And only if that is appealed, then it would go to the third department of New York State. I see. So generally, for personal injury claims, uh, it might take years, um, sometimes even a decade. How fast are claims through the workers' compensation board? Is it generally more efficient to make a claim at the workers' compensation uh, versus a personal injury lawsuit? Well, again, unfortunately, if you get injured at work, unless there's a very narrow exception where you could also sue your employer or a general contractor if you're an injured construction worker, uh, if 
if we take the construction and labor law aspect out of it, it is you are not allowed to sue your employer in a personal injury setting. For those reasons, and the workers' compensation uh, process could move quicker than uh, than a, a personal injury process. The way that works is, if you are injured today, you have six months after your injury, your doctor could state whether or not you have reached maximum medical improvements. Meaning, as a hypothetical, if I injured my shoulder at work today and I did not have any surgery, six months after the accident, my doctor can determine whether or not my shoulder has reached maximum medical improvement. Meaning, any further treatment will not make my shoulder any better. I, am I would just be entitled to uh, the treatment to keep my shoulder at my new baseline or my new status quo. And then I am awarded based on what my schedule loss of use is. Okay. And that we could go into the details as well. I don't know if uh, I would uh, bore your audience with intricacies of a workers' compensation settlement. Well, or resolution. just like listening from you, I think I generally get how the award process goes. So um, to summarize for our listeners, I believe that once you're injured on a work-related injury, uh, you might be hurting some certain body parts. Like for example, you said your shoulders, and then you see a doctor, and the doctor will determine after a certain amount of time how, how much you've recovered in your shoulders. And if your shoulders has not recovered, you keep seeing the doctors. If it has recovered after this requisite amount of time, then the, uh, the workers' compensation payment stops. Is that correct? That's correct, and you're awarded a scheduled loss of use fee for your extremities. Right. So such as your knees, shoulders, hands, elbows, ankles, you are awarded a scheduled loss of use, and that is a lump sum payment. However, if you injure your neck or back, that becomes a permanent partial disability where you receive benefits based on your permanent partial disability finding, which is also determined by the workers' compensation law judge. Okay. And seeing the doctor there this whole time, is that included as part of a workers' compensation claim? Or do you have yes, to Yes, I apologize for interrupting. If your case is established, workers comp the workers' comp insurance carrier is entitled to pay for your treatment within the New York State workers' compensation guidelines. So there is, there are guidelines for each individual body part with what treatment uh, is recommended and what procedures are pre-authorized and what require authorization, uh, depending on the injury. I see. So do they have to prove first to the board that they were injured before they go to the doctor or do they go to the doctor first? Because obviously they've been injured. So in order to establish your case, you have to prove that an accident occurred, that you there was notice given to the employer, and that there was a causal relationship between the injury and the accident itself. You go to a doctor after the accident, and your and the work and your personal doctor or your medical provider must have an opinion as to the causal relationship. That allows you to bring the case in front of the workers' compensation law judge. The workers' co uh, compensation law judge must find prima facie medical evidence, basically noting, is there a causal relationship 
between your injuries and the accident itself. Then the insurance carrier is allowed to get their own medical opinion where they send you to their own doctor, what's known, what's known as an independent medical exam. And that doctor evaluates you as well to see if there's causal relationship or not. If that doctor finds that there is no causal relationship, then you move on to the trial phase where there's testimony taken of the claimant, of any potential employer witnesses, and as well as depositions taken of the doctors. And the judge will determine whether or not your case should be established as a compensable injury. Okay, and part of that conversation is seeing doctors, right? That's correct. Workers' compensation's purpose is to compensate claimants for their lost time, as well as provide medical treatment. However, based on the injury itself, claimants are also awarded the scheduled loss of use, which we discussed earlier, as well as a permanent partial disability if their injuries require them to stop working. I see, I see. So this is very interesting because a lot of people, especially immigrant clients, when they're injured on the job, they go see a doctor, go to the ER, and that's the end of it. But if they were to pursue more legitimate claims, such as workers' compensation, they can actually get more treatment for their injuries. So that they can go back to work quicker. And they can also get compensation for time missed from work. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And we do have many clients uh, that are in that position where they don't know if they're entitled to these benefits. But every employee, it doesn't matter their immigration status, are entitled to workers' compensation benefits. I see. And what about like so certain immigrants who don't have work papers and they're working for someone uh, and they get injured on the job? Are they still entitled to claim benefits through workers' compensation? Absolutely. They go through the same exact process. They're not discriminated against. They have to prove those same prongs that we discussed earlier, accident, notice to the employer, and causal relationship. What about lost wages? Do they even get lost wages back? Because it's hard to prove their wages because they were paid off the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. They always, it is difficult to prove it, but they'll just, they testify. And their employees, and their employers, excuse me, will also have to testify as to how the claimant was paid. And it doesn't matter if it was cash or check uh, under the table. If they could prove or testify credibly how much they received on a weekly basis, then their lost wages could still be determined. I see. But don't the adjudicator, like the workers' compensation judge, have a bias against immigrants? Because especially if you're under the table, uh, you have an incentive to get compensation. Why, why should they believe you versus your employer, who's a business? Totally understand. The way workers' compensation works, there's an average weekly wage, but then, but then the pay rate that a claimant is paid. And the way it's, it's your actual total disability pay rate is two-thirds of your average weekly wage. So hypothetically, let's say you're making $750 a week. If you are totally disabled you will be pay and you're not working, you will be paid $500 a week, two-thirds of the $750. The $750. The reason why they take two-thirds off automatically is workers' compensation is tax-free. 
So even if, um, if an undocumented worker who is receiving money off the books could show or testify to his average weekly wage being $750, he could still show, he could still prove it, and then he would receive the same two-thirds deduction just like any other employee. So there's the judge will not discriminate based on how you get paid. I see. Would it be helpful if he brought in his fellow employee to show how much they were paid um, in support of his claim? Yes, there is. It is possible to show a similar uh, worker payroll to show what they are receiving. And that goes by the position and full-time or part-time status. So that is very possible to show your average weekly wage like that as well. I understand for some uh, undocumented workers, it's impossible to even have a, a bank account. So you obviously can't show uh, bank deposits as well. But what we have done is it's possible to, if a, uh, excuse me, an employee is paid by a check, they can bring in check stubs to show how they were paid. And if it's cash, unfortunately, it does come down to testimony. I see. I see. I mean, you can inform the immigrants of their rights. Ask for a check. Ask for a receipt. Um, I mean, how do you structure your fees? Why do workers' compensation lawyers such as yourself structure your fees, given the fact that most of the people you're serving are marginalized and don't have a lot of resources? That's correct. We do not charge anything up front. And we do not get paid. So we have a different uh, fee structure than personal injury attorneys as well. For our personal injury, uh, as most of your audience would know, it's they receive a third of the eventual settlement. However, for, for works compensation attorneys, if there is an overall settlement, the overall settlement at the end is called the Section 32, if you close out your case or close out indemnity benefits we charge a approximately 15% fee for if we recover lost time that hasn't been paid to you with something called retro pay. Uh, for example, you were out for a year, but your case wasn't established because of litigation. And now your case is finally established and you're due all that money from a year ago. We charge 15% for that money moving as well. Uh, and all this, I would say approximately 15%. However, in 2023, that will be codified uh, for workers' compensation attorneys' fee structures. As of right now, it is more of a request, and the workers' compensation law judge, just like they approve the actual money moving to the claimant, they actually have final authority on the attorney's fee. Okay, so it's like a federal judge, uh, they have to approve the fee payable to the worker um, in an employment case. Yes, they, they have to approve our final fee. Even we need, if there's over $1,000 that we are requesting as an attorney, the claimant has to sign it, sign that fee application or approve it to the judge. Otherwise, the judge will not release our fee. I see, I see. All right, that's, that's very valuable uh, resources you've shared, information you've shared. Um, and we would just like to wrap up asking you, whether uh, you have any additional things to add to that will be helpful to our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for undocumented workers uh, that are scared that they do not have the rights that other employees do have. 
Absolutely, you will not be discriminated against in a workers' compensation claim. Our law firm will assist you, making sure we sue the right employer, not, excuse me, not sue, bring a claim against the correct employer, and we will make sure we'll have the proper evidence to show that he, that the employer would be responsible for your accidents. There are multiple types of accidents that, or claims that a uh, potential claimant can bring as well. And again, as I said before, there's no discrimination to undocumented workers for any of these claims. There are accident claims where, just as it states, an accident occurred at the job. There's also an occupational disease claim for workers that have been performing manual labor for years and years, and eventually their body breaks down. They can bring a claim for, it's called an occupational disease claim. We also bring COVID claims we have to prove that the, your positive COVID diagnosis occurred at work, as well as there's, we are still processing September 11th workers' compensation claims. And I understand how hard it is to keep records for undocumented workers, but again, if we could prove that you were working in the, recovery, in the cleanup and recovery effort at the World Trade Center, you are entitled to workers' compensation claims as well. I see. Well, thanks a lot, Daniel, for being on the show. Again, Daniel and I went to Stuyvesant High School, which was actually at the site of the World Trade Center. Um, uh, we were actually, you know, exposed to that um, in our, I believe it was my second day of school, and it was your, yes. it, was, it was our first week of school when September 11th happened. So That's correct. I mean, it's been a while, but, um, you know, glad to see that you're doing well, doing fighting for justice, and, you uh, Hope, hope, you know, keep it up and stay in touch. Thank you very much. If, if I could say one more thing, this isn't what we specialize in, but we would be happy to refer you. It goes in step with our September 11th claims. I encourage everyone to sign up for the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund and September 11th World Trade Center Health Program. If you were a student, a worker, a first responder, or, or someone that lived or visited in the area of, of Ground Zero, from September 11th through May 30th of 2002, you are entitled to treatment and potential compensation if you have a, a certified condition. So I encourage everyone to sign up. Yes, thank you, Daniel, appreciate it. All right, thank you so much. I'll speak again soon. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Lawyers for Immigrants with your host, Ife He. You can find prior episodes on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and at www.ifeheedlaw.com. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing this show with others.